It's a bi-week edition of It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove, of course, I'm on WGR Sports Radio 550. He is on television, Channel 7 WKBW TV in Buffalo. You enjoying your bye week so far this week? This week? Yeah, it's been a pretty good one. I've been working a lot because actually I have to take off next week. Not mm-hmm. this week. Mm-hmm. Everybody can know. I, I'm having foot surgery next week. That's what I have wow. to do next week. Yeah, exactly. So I needed to fit it into a time in the schedule when there was a bunch of home games. So it's three or four home games. So that's kind of my thought process because they told me they don't know how long the recovery is. It could be anywhere from a week to like four weeks. So that's, I spent my bye week working this week so I could have a little bit of an easier week next week. So Sal, the next time you see me, I don't know if I'm going to be on a Tommy Doyle scooter or if I'm going to be on crutches going up to the press box for the Packers game. But you are working. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm going to work definitely on game day. Next week, I'll work from home a little bit, but I'm going to have my feet up and I'm going to be trying to watch as many movies as possible. All right. So two questions. Number one. Yeah. If you were a hockey player, would it simply be a lower body injury? A hundred percent. It would be. And nobody would know the timeline. Nobody would know the recovery. Nobody would have any idea what exactly was going on. It would just be lower body injury day to day. Okay. Number two, if you were on the Buffalo bills, would they have to put you on IR, IR to save a roster spot or would you be able to come back in time? Uh, no, they would have to put me probably on IR from the minute they saw me. Cause I was now, ne- I'm never going to contribute anyway. So <laughs> me with a bum foot is like even lower than I would have already been able to contribute. Did you see all this stuff about the media combine this week that they were doing? I in did. Houston? A lot I of did. people said you would win. A lot of people said Perino would win. Not one person said I would win, <laughs> which means everybody who's listening or watching our work is very smart. Cause I would not win. But well, everybody, you know, you guys would do well. I think I do okay. Um, I I am going to be fifty in April, but you know, I still keep in shape. And I the football skill part of it would, you know, obviously help me a lot. You know, catching mm-hmm. balls and throwing balls that would be pretty cool. It is cool they did that with um, the media in Houston. And I don't know, maybe the Bills will do that someday. Now, before I move on to football stuff, you talk about your foot surgery next week. Have you heard? Because I've talked about it a bit on the radio. Have you heard what I'm doing this weekend? No, I have not actually. Okay. So long story short, Yankees beat the guardians in game five. Yana, my wife looks at me and says, when do they play Yankee stadium? What's the schedule? I said, ah, Saturday. She said, well, the bills are on a buy. And I'm like, yeah, she goes, why don't you take max? Uh, no, first of all, it's going to be way too expensive. I can't, I got to find flights. And she said, I just looked at flights. They're not that bad. You guys can go. I'm like, oh my God, really? I don't even have tickets for the game. Heck with it. We are doing it. I bought two tickets. Flying Saturday morning, taking Max to New York City. We got with some friends in New York City. It was a very, very, very hectic Wednesday for me to track down and find and get tickets and pay for them and all that kind of stuff. But bottom line is we are going to be at game three, my son and I, with some friends in New York, uh, my friend, his wife, and his two sons, and we're going. And uh, it's going to be a great time, and we're going to stay and walk around Manhattan on Sunday and then come back Sunday night together. We're going to have a boys weekend, basically. That's really cool. It's going to be an awesome experience for Max. It's going to be an awesome experience for you, too. Yeah. What a thing to be able to do with your son. And I actually have to piggyback off this conversation. So, okay. Sal, which baseball team do I root for? Do you know? Um, Hold on. Are you an Astros fan? No. No, oh, no, okay. no, 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 no. I'm a Red Sox fan. Oh, Red Sox. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. How about this? I didn't know that. I am rooting for the Yankees. Mm. I hate the Astros. I, I, hate, good question. I, hate, I hate the Yankees too. Like, don't get me wrong. I really sure. enjoy watching the Yankees lose. That being said, I am not such like a, to me, I grew up a Red Sox fan because I liked 
how different it was from everybody else around me. I grew up a Red Sox fan because my best friends and their father were Yankees fans a couple houses down. And they had the whole like Red Sox bathroom with Red Sox toilet paper. And, you know, it was like all Yankees, everything. And they, you know, they hated the Red Sox. My father has never been a big baseball guy, especially after the strike in the nineties. Now he rooted for the blue Jays before the strike. And then after that, he's like, nah, I'm just out on baseball. So I had a blue Jays fan in my house. I had Yankees fans next door. I was just like, give me a team. This was in like 2002. I was like, just give me a team that isn't those. And everybody's like, oh, the Red Sox. So I've rooted for the Red Sox basically since, but I'm not some diehard Red Sox fan. Okay. And because of that, I think yep. I dislike the Astros more than I dislike the Yankees. Well, look, I mean, you're not alone. I, I've heard this. In fact, our friend John Scott from Spectrum News, he said, I asked him, I had him on the radio. He's a huge Guardians fan. And he hates yeah. the Yankees. And I said, well, that said, are you going to? Just you're going to root for the Astros? He said, no, I actually want to work for him. It's more about American League, actually, which is interesting, right? Because a lot of people, they'll go with the American League versus the National League, but you're not alone in that. And um, I think the Yankees are kind of in a way, even for people who hate them, carrying the torch to beat this Red Sox, this Astros team who, um, you know, because of the cheating scandal and all of that. But I also understand people definitely hate the Yankees. We will not be hating. In fact, here's the best part about it. We'll move on to football. Didn't even know it when I made these plans. Garrett Cole's pitching that game. Very cool. So how cool cool is that? that We get to do that. And it's going to be 70 degrees, Matt, in New York all weekend, just like Buffalo. That's yeah. I was going to say, it's supposed to be an unbelievable weekend here. And with you going to the baseball game and me having the foot surgery on Monday, I think it's the last real weekend for golf this season. So I'm going to try and play (laughs) as much as I can, as much as my wife lets me play. Because if it were up to me, I would play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then heck, maybe I'd even play Monday morning before the surgery. Well, she should let you play just because you're going to be, you're going to be feeling and not able to play after your foot surgery, but that'll be uh, very cool. So let's just look big picture at the bills right now. Uh, Let's look back Mm -hmm. at the first six weeks, look ahead, the unofficial second half of the season. You always kind of count the bye week a little bit when it's like that. They do. They definitely have more than half their games left. First of all, what, if anything, can you point to that they need to improve on? Like, do you don't like, and I don't mean to be, be negative, but there's always things in the bye week And the reason I bring this up is they will go back and self scout. They'll say, what do we need to improve on? Where do we need to be a little bit better? Is there anything that stands out to you that you think, you know what hasn't gone as well as planned. Maybe they need to be a little bit better here in this area. This is going to sound nitpicky, but when it's going to be nitpicky when you're five and that, one, that's what I mean. They're five and one. I think they're the best team in football. I still think they really struggle in short yarded situations and I am more confident with them converting a third and seven, third and eight, third and nine than I am with them converting a third and two. And that's a problem when you have as much talent as they have. So I think one of the things for me offensively is okay. How can you be better in those short yarded situations? Because they're already one of the best teams in third down conversion in the league. But a lot of those are longer than third and one, third and two, third and three. I don't think they trust any of their running backs enough to just turn around and hand the ball off. But they've also shown that they can't always convert them passing the ball either. They did that against the Chiefs. They struggled. Their first three drives, they weren't able to convert those third and short situations. And they only got three points because of it. So I think that would probably be my biggest concern, which speaks to how good this team is, that that's where I'm going to. Yeah, I like it. I, that would be the number one thing for me. Um, short yardage conversions. I think I wonder about personnel usage a little bit here too. Now this isn't a, they got to be better here. I wonder about it though, which is what's going on with James cook. 
What's going on with Dawson Knox? They haven't really utilized some of their players, I think, in areas where, hmm, I thought maybe you'd get a little bit more out of that, right? And I wonder if that's because the defenses are dictating it. I wonder if it's because they're not doing, not in Dawson's case, obviously, he would be great at practice, but is James Cook not, you know, getting the playbook enough in practice, the game plan, things like that? Is it simply as he's putting the ball on the ground? And then I do look at the slot spot and could they get more out of that, Matt? You know, I mean, Isaiah McKenzie didn't have a great game last week against Kansas City. I'm putting the fumble on Josh Allen, by the way, so everybody knows. Josh Allen, to me, that was a fake jet sweep, and Isaiah's just carrying out his fake, and Josh didn't have anything, so he went back there, and it surprised Isaiah. But mm-hmm. Isaiah did not have a, a great game, and he's also had a couple other you know times this year, like in, in L.A., first opening night, drops the intercept, drops the pass, it goes to an interception. I like Isaiah McKenzie. He's fine. I really like Khalil Shakir. Are they getting enough out of that spot, I wonder, as well? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't think they are. Um, I think that that still doesn't mean that there isn't a role for Isaiah McKenzie or a role for Khalil Shakir. I think maybe the growing pains are a little bit larger than we thought they would be. I think Isaiah McKenzie deserves playing time. I think he's still the wide receiver three on this team. I still think he's a weapon and he's a potential mismatch for the bills, but I do think they have missed the Mr. Reliable Cole Beasley that they've had the last couple of years of just like, okay, you're playing zone. We know we've got a guy who can break zone. Okay. You're going to play man. There's going to be a mismatch somewhere with one of the top three receivers. And I know I'm going to have an opening. So yeah, I I think that's a fair criticism. I also don't think it's something that's holding them back right now. And I think the fact that they've gotten through this part of the schedule with maybe more to be desired from their wide wide receiver three position speaks to what they might become if they start to get even a little bit more production or if they go sign somebody or trade for somebody. Yeah. And that's a, we let's get into that now. Let's might as well just touch on that. Now, do you, what are the percentages I would say, would you say that they would trade for a player in any caliber? It could be a total bottom number 53 on the roster or somebody who's majorly impactful. 75%. Really? I'm going the other way. I think it is very minimal. They do that. See, I, we just had this conversation. This is great. Yeah. We just had this conversation on our show the other day on channel seven with Murph and with Joe B. Okay. And Murph was much more of the mindset kind of that you're in. We're like, listen, this team is gelling at the perfect time. You've got a really well-built roster. You probably have enough. You have what it takes probably to win regardless of what you do. Mm -hmm. My point and Joe's point was this might be the best window you've ever had. Right push the chips in. Now is not the time to stop being aggressive. And the thing that I keep coming back to is I don't think anybody cares if you lose some of your draft picks, if you go all in to try and win a Super Bowl. I know hindsight's a heck of a thing. If they win, of course, nobody will care. If they come up short, then people are going to be like, man, you know, you tried to put a bandaid on this and then you, now we don't have a third round pick. Now there's not a second round pick. I think any piece of capital that isn't a first round pick should be in play for the bills. Okay. So I don't disagree with any of that. Like, I think you're right. If it, what Joe said is right. What you said is right. I'm of the same mindset. This is your window. You do whatever it takes. Look at the Rams last year by going and trading for Von Miller. But that said, I do think that Brandon Bean really thinks about what that costs this team for the future. And does it really fit in our locker room? All the kind of things that it's not just as simple as that guy's a great player. Let's go out and get him. If you're going to, let's just say hypothetically, Let's say you could get Christian McCaffrey and you, Mm -hmm. even, even if you're okay, I'm, I'm okay with the price tag. It's going to be high, but I'm okay with it. 
doesn't getting a guy like that almost have to have you change your offensive philosophy of, well, are we going to have to hand off more to justify the asset? Because mm-hmm. we have this great quarterback and job. I think all of that stuff has to be considered by Brandon Bean. Do you have to change your defense in any way? If you get somebody, do you have to change what you do as far as wide receivers? Maybe not as much on that position as others, but I think they think about the whole body and the whole structure of the team, the locker room, the organization. And by the way, here's the other point, Brandon Bean, they just got a sixth round pick who started in Christian Benford, a fifth round pick who's contributing at Khalil Shakir, Matt, they're going to need their draft picks over the next couple of years because a, they hit on them. They're good at them. And B their salary cap with Josh Allen's number going. So up, they're going to need rookie contracts to make sure they contribute. And they, they need those draft picks. I have a take with that though. A counterpoint. Okay. I think they're very good at their early picks and their late picks. The middle picks are the ones that always seem to be the question marks. Yep. They take the longest to develop. And I feel like those middle picks are going to be the ones that can get you playable assets right now. So I don't think that I'm ever of the mindset of like, you need to go find somebody who is just going to be here this year. But if you can find somebody, and I know it's not as realistic, this isn't the NHL, this isn't right. the NBA. You're not trading for a guy who's got a bunch of term who can be on your team for a long right. time. But I think it's likely that they make a move because I think they realize the window that they're in. And I think that these moves might be in places that surprise us a little bit. Maybe they aren't the superstar acquisitions that everybody is familiar with. Maybe they're interior offensive linemen who can be really great, valuable depth pieces and who could kind of play if there's an injury that comes up, or maybe it's a really strong rock solid second tight ends that you Mm -hmm. think is going to be a nice compliment to Dawson Knox, who has a skill set that's different than Quentin Morse or Tommy Sweeney. Maybe it's a running back who you think fits better with Devin Singletary than James Cook has proven to be. I think the piece that I'm most intrigued by still is wide receiver. And whether that be going out and signing somebody or trading for somebody, I think if you have a situation or if you're in a position where you can just improve your wide receiver three, like I said, I think Isaiah McKenzie and Khalil Shakir should still be on this team. And I think they should still be getting ample playing time. But how do you stop this offense with a legit bona fide wide receiver as your third option? Like how, how do you stop a team We'll just use him for the sake of conversation. How do you can how do you try and go up against Stefan Diggs, Odell Beckham, and Gabe Davis? I don't think you do if you get the version of Odell Beckham that everybody hopes you get. I just I'm not sure you're going to. I think yeah, the but- idea the idea of Odell to me is much more fascinating than maybe what it actually is in application. I haven't seen him play. You haven't seen him play. He's coming off two ACLs over the last four or five years. Is 50% of Odell Beckham at his peak better than what they have now? I'm not quite sure about that. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But I don't the know thing is, the reason I'm so intrigued by Odell. I think he's because, just another guy then, if that's the case. I, I just, it doesn't cost you anything. Like, I think the reward greatly outweighs the risk with him because you don't have to give up anything for him. Right. That's not a trade. Obviously they could, yeah. they could do that. So I, I wouldn't be as opposed to signing Odell Beckham. I'm not opposed to them making a trade. I'm trying to put my, my, myself in the mind of Brandon bean, mm-hmm. and how we might think about this. Right. So yeah, it's a fascinating discussion. I don't really know. I, I guess my final point on how I think they think this is what I'm doing. I'm trying to think how they think hundred percent brought up yeah. James cook, right? I think they generally believe that when they need to do something like this, that they can maybe get it from their own building. I'm going to give you some names. James cook. We just talked about it. Hasn't been utilized as much. Can you get more out of him than you could from bringing a guy in? Duke Johnson is still sitting on your practice squad, right? Mm -hmm. Is that a guy that becomes an option? I think maybe they think there could be answers in their own building like they did. 
Look at everything that happened. How many times do we talk about this offseason, the corners and the secondary, and then Micah Hyde goes down? The answers were in their own building, and they never went mm-hmm. out and got anybody because they didn't need to, and they knew they didn't need to. What would be the positions you say make the most sense? If they had line. to offensive line? I think you need more depth on the offensive line. The injury to Tommy Doyle, we'll see where that goes. Um, but I think that you could probably use a little more depth there because I am a little worried if one of your starters gets banged up and injured, what that looks like. I also think there's room for improvement potentially with the offensive line. Even if it's not just, we don't know what's going to happen with Spencer Brown. We don't know how long he's going to be out. Listen, Deion Dawkins and Mitch Morris are going to be the starters on this team, basically regardless of what happens this season. I think there's been a little bit more to be desired from Saffold and Bates. That's not to say that they're not serviceable starters in the NFL and they each do things well. I just think that if there's a potential chance to improve at one of those positions and then you give yourself the insurance policy of if somebody gets hurt, then you still have those guys you trust who can go onto the field. I think that's interesting. And then I wonder, would they go out and sign a safety? They've really, or trade for a safety. They really like Damar Hamlin. They really do. But if they're sitting there and they're going, wow, we could go get this guy to play next to Jordan Poyer and then be an insurance policy in case something, because Jordan has been banged up this year. It also gives you the luxury of, we are very far away from this. But if this season plays out how we think it's going to play out, I think we could be in situations where they were like against the Steelers, where they give guys who are banged up an extra week here and there Mm -hmm. or an extra two weeks because they think they're going to win without them. And you're just want to be a hundred percent healthy for the playoffs. So that's why I think adding more bodies onto this roster that you think are just slight improvements over some of the guys you have there makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And always money matters, right? We don't know either that they don't have a ton of money against the cap. The contracts matter what Odell would want or another free agent would want. That would always matter. All right. Enough of what they need and what they don't have. Let's talk about what they have. 